0: And welcome to the Oxygen Addict Triathlon Podcast. We're brought to you every week by our sponsors, PrecisionFuelAndHydration.com. You'll have a range of tools and products to help you personalize your fueling and hydration strategy so you can perform at your best. You can get 15% off your first order with the code OA22 at PrecisionFuelAndHydration.com. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Coach Rob Wilby, and every week I bring you an episode of this podcast to help motivate and inspire you. This week is a real treat. We have got a joint interview with none other than Steve Cram and his son, Marcus Cram. The pair of them together are event directors of a new event in the UK, the Northumbrian, which is going to be a festival held up in Kielder. Um, It's going to be a full iron distance race and a half iron distance race set in beautiful pine forest, amazing bike course, amazing run course. Obviously, obviously, Steve Cram needs no introduction. He is multiple medal winner, multiple Commonwealth Games, European champion, world champion, quadruple world record holder. I think at one time he broke three world records on the track in the space of 21 days, if I'm not mistaken. He was 1,500 metre, 2,000 metres and mile world record holder all at the same time and missed breaking the 1,000 metres by a, by a hair's breadth. Um, he's now known more for his commentary. You'll have heard him on the Olympics commentating on all of the BBC big wins, you know, the, the Kelly Holmes win, the Mo Farrow win. Um he's more recently been commentating on the curling at the Winter Olympics as well. But anyway, Steve Cram was my childhood hero when I was a when I was a track runner. So the chance to get to meet him, interview him, and find out about his new event was fantastic his son marcus is a really cool guy as well he's an iron man he's completed iron man france and that was inspiration for creating an iron man event an iron distance event in the northeast of the uk so all of that is to come later on if you've ever wondered whether a previous olympic medalist gold medalist at the commonwealth european world championships former world record holder if he finds it easy to go for an easy run these days and whether he's still competitive tune in later on to find out all right until then we've got a coach's couch hopefully to help some of you out as we go into the new season we've got a few bits and bobs to talk about this week for you first one is changes that we'll see happening in our training plans as we move from winter specific training through to event specific training for long distance triathlons something I want to draw your attention to I'll talk both to our team members who are coached and I'll also talk to people who are following their own training plans and explain a little bit about our philosophy. The main change that I'm going to have people do as we move out of winter and we move towards event-specific training plans. And again, this, this aligns with the actual Seasons at the moment, winter is turning into spring, nights are getting lighter. A few weeks' time as I record this, we're going to have much more time in the day as well. But this doesn't necessarily have to relate to the seasons outside, it can just relate to the seasons of your training. Typically, in our winter blocks, we're going to do really high intensity, um, 100% of FTP work on the bike, run easy, work on swim form that is going to shift subtly as we go towards our long distance 70.3 or full iron distance racing. And that as we get closer to our goal event, we're going to start by its very nature, being more specific in the training. So the intensity of the training is going to come down gradually closer toward the uh, the specific levels you're going to race at at 70.3 or iron distance. And the duration is going to extend to get closer to the specific durations you're going to race at. So if you're racing... Iron distance, you're going to be building towards a three-hour run and a six-hour ride. If you're going to be racing 70.3, you're going to be building towards a a three-and-a-half-hour ride and a two-hour run. We'll do that gradually, but as we do it, the intensity of our other training is going to reduce as well. So that's the first big shift. We're no longer going to be working at 100% of FTP. The reason for that is simple. We've only got so much training stress we can put on ourselves. And as we increase the duration, we have to dial down the intensity Of those other workouts. And if you followed our plans all through the winter or followed our advice all through the winter season, your cake is pretty much baked at this point. You have got your FTP to the level it's going to get for this season. Now it's the time to extend the duration you can ride at. And if you like, add the ability to ride long distances, increase your endurance at sub threshold, sub maximal levels. The next change that we're going to see as we go forward is. I am going to recommend athletes split their long ride and their long run up and it's really tempting and often it's the only way to get it done if you work during the week to have your long ride and the long run at the weekends. and and it's tempting to look at it and go well the run comes after the ride in a triathlon so I should do my ride on a Saturday and my run on a Sunday. We urge caution with that thought we found that's a really good way to get yourself really tired And it's a really good way to end up on Sunday night, lying on your back, feeling completely wasted and having no energy for your family. So we are going to have you do that combination of events, Saturday ride, Sunday run, at a couple of specific points nearer to your event. But for right now, I recommend you split them up. You put the long ride, uh, sorry, you put your long run in the middle of the week, you put your long ride at the weekends, and that way you can do your long run on fresh legs recover from it and then you can do your long ride at the weekend separate them out at this point your long run is not going to be that long we're going to be looking at 75 minutes maybe 90 minutes long it's not that hard to fit it in after a day of work or before a day of work if you absolutely have to do them both at the weekend because you're so constrained for time do it with your run on the saturday and the ride on the Sunday so that you're effectively riding with pre-fatigued legs and running on fresh legs. And the reason for that is it's really good mental training to ride on legs that are already tired and there's very little risk of injury. If you're running on very tired legs, there's actually quite a high risk of picking up soreness that might turn into niggles or injuries later on if you do too much of it and if you do too much too soon in your training plan. Now, obviously, one of the key things about getting fitter is that as your fitness increases, you're able to do more training. You're able to recover from more training. And so you will be able to do some of these bigger back-to-back sessions later in the season, closer to your goal event. But for now, keep your powder dry, split them up. We're still going to have you do your long run as a 9-1 run walk. That's really, really key. And I'm still going to advise you at this point in the season to just, err on the side of caution in terms of how hard you're riding at the weekend don't have it turn into a smash fest just go out and ride steady conversational rides even if you are even if you ride at competing in 70.3 later on in the season don't do those harder sort of tempo sustained sweet spot type rides now leave them for closer to your goal event just go out and get the duration done and let the duration of the ride be your training stress, rather than also trying to add on, smashing yourself up the hills, adding tempo workouts, adding in a a time trial section. Don't do any of that. Just get the duration of your ride done for now, unless of course your training plan says otherwise. Okay, so that's how we're going to move from winter to event-specific long-distance training plans. Second thing I want to talk about today in Coach's Couch is to talk about how to pace a duathlon. We've got bunch of our athletes racing either early season sprint duathlons in some cases racing middle distance european duathlon championships um some of them even doing the long distance european or world championships as well and it's quite a common question that's come up this week which is how on earth do i pace these these runs so first up if you've not done a duathlon before expect everybody to go off much harder than they really optimally should do on the first run because most people are going to run it as though it's a running race. There is going to be that really fast start, just like in a running race. That's not going to pay you back well in the second part of the run, especially if you're at middle or long distance duathlon where it can be a 10k run followed by another 10k run or even at long distance 10k followed by a 20k run. Pace that first run as if it is half of The full distance so if it's 10k followed by 5k run the 10k at what would be your 15k race pace if it's 10k followed by 10k you're going to run that 20k at what would be your 20k race pace don't be tempted to try and run that first 10k at just a little bit less than 10k pace because you're going to find that really comes back to bite you not very far into the bike leg it's and it's going to be a miserable miserable second run if you pace this right Duathlon gives you an awful lot of opportunity to make up distance and pace on your competitors in the back half of the second run. People who've paced it badly on the first half will really blow up in the second half of the uh, second duathlon run. So that's my advice on how you're going to pace the duathlon. In terms of um, in terms of bike pacing. If you're doing an Olympic distance race, I'd say you can afford to go 90 to 95% of FTP. If you're doing a long-distance duathlon at 60K, you want to be looking at sort of 85 to 90% of FTP. And if it's longer than that, dial it down again appropriately. Just ride with that second run in mind and ride knowing that your legs will feel strange, will feel pre-fatigued having run before that. So you're not going to be able to put out all the power that you would usually be able to. So in my example there of the Olympic distance duathlon, I've said 90 to 95% of your FTP. Bear in mind that after a 10K run, you're probably only going to be capable of 95% of FTP for the hour rather than the full 100. So you need to ride with that second run in mind. And then one final point I want to give everybody. I've talked a lot about HRV recently, and we're using it more and more within our team with our coached athletes. And this is a really important point. We use the HRV for training app, which we had Dr. Marco Altini on the show uh, last week or the week before. Really great interview. If you've not listened to that, go back and check it out. If you use the app, it turns a complex science of heart rate variability into a really easy to understand traffic light system of green means you can train normally as planned. Red means take a rest day. Yellow means you can still train, but dial down the intensity. Now, the, um, the advice I give to our athletes is if you're on a bike session, you dial down the planned intensity by 10% of FTP from what you were aiming for. Now, there's a caveat here. And again, this is on me. I always thought It's one of those things where something that you think is obvious is maybe only obvious to you. If you have a test day planned on a day when you have a yellow HRV, you don't do the test because the temptation is to start the test and think, right, well, you know, I should be going flat out. So I'll dial that back down by 10% and I'll still do the 20 minute FTP test, but I'll do it at, you know, 95% of my current FTP or 90% of my current FTP. Don't do that. If you've got a yellow HRV, it is not a good day to test. Your body's telling you that it's not going to perform optimally that day. So even if you do test on a day with yellow, and even if you have an increase in FTP, it won't be as much as if you'd waited for a green HRV day. And that's what we want to measure. We want to see what your test result is on a day where your heart rate variability is normal and says proceed as planned there's every danger if you do test on the yellow day that you're going to put yourself in a fatigue hole for two three maybe even four days so although it's a pain in the backside and i do appreciate that people want to get the sessions done that are written just bump that test back by a week bump it back by three days do your alternative session instead that day um Obviously, coached athletes can contact me and get advice on that. But just don't do an FTP test, a run test or a CSS test on a day when your HRV is yellow. Okay, Um, a little bit of team news. I want to give some shout outs to athletes who've done really well this week. First up, Beth Wilmot won the Silverback Trail 10 miler. Awesome work, Beth. Unplanned race and a great result for you. Baz Harper had a 15-watt FTP increase up to 276 watts. That's up 5% in eight weeks. That's a really solid improvement there in an eight-week block. Well done, Baz. Stephen Camilleri took his 10K time down to 48.55 from 49.23. So that's an over 50s recent PB. Well done, Steve. Nigel Buxton took his CSS down to one forty seven. Uh, sorry from 147 in early january down to 139 so a big chunk of that 8 seconds 100 well done nige that is a a really great improvement in this in this block of winter especially when it can be you know it can be very challenging to get to the pool so that's a great improvement well done trevor walker had a 21 watt increase up to 238 watts for his ftp that's over 10% improvement so well done trevor You're into the 10% club pip paxman Uh, went up to 247 watts from 238. That's nearly a 5% increase in this block. Well done, Pip. Three watts short of your magic target there of 250. And I also want to give a shout to Jessie Hassel, who is working on her, I think it's called a polar bear swim badge. There's all kinds of crazy awards out there. And and I'm using crazy advisedly hits. Swimming in skins in the wintertime of different durations. Jessie's been building up to this. She swam 1250 meters in sub five degree C water temperature and a minus two degree air temperature in skins. So I know it's something I wouldn't recommend anybody do this, but Jessie's incredibly driven and it's been one of her targets. So I'm really proud of anybody who sets a target and gets it completed. So Jessie, that's an amazing accomplishment. I know that I couldn't do that in cold water. So I've got nothing but respect for you. Well done. Just before we go into this week's interview of the week... We've got a shout-out here for Precision Hydration. Um, they've been our long-term sponsors as Precision Hydration, recently changed the name to PrecisionFuelAndHydration.com. Um, everyone sweats differently, and the amount of fuel we require varies depending on factors like the duration and intensity of our activity. So one-size-fits-all approach to fueling and hydration just doesn't work. You can go to PrecisionFuelAndHydration.com and use their free online sweat test and their quick carb calculator to understand your fluid, electrolyte, and carb carbohydrate needs during training and racing you can even book a free one-to-one video consultation with the team and refine your hydration and fueling strategy for your next race i love the company i love the people behind it i love the products i love the advice they give i think they've simplified a very complex and it's a simple thing to get right when you get it right But it makes a massive difference if you get it wrong to your training and racing, both in terms of electrolytes, hydration, and the right amount of calories going in. And one of our team members, Tom, had one of these video calls with the team, and he posted in the Facebook group, I had a 30-minute call with Sean at Precision Hydration this evening. What a guy and what a company. Absolutely epic. There are so many gems and a solid plan going forward. If you haven't managed to have one yet, I couldn't recommend it enough. So thanks for posting that, Tom. It's great to know you've had a great experience with them. It's always been my experience that anyone who has booked a call with them has had great advice, has had great, a really solid, like really well-written-down strategy of what to do in training and racing and something that would just take that worry out of your mind about what to do. So if you want to go and check that out, it's precisionfuelandhydration.com. There's a link in the show notes, and there's also a link to book a call with their, uh, with their team for video consultation. Okay, so without further ado, let's go over to this week's interview of the week with Steve Cram and Marcus Cram, the event directors of the Northumbrian Half and Full Iron Distance Triathlon Festival this season. Right, Marcus and Steve, welcome onto the Oxygen Addict Triathlon Podcast. It's, it's great to have you with us. Thank you very much for joining us. How are you both doing today?
1: I'm all right, usually you a bit croaky still, aren't you? Yeah, i have got a bit of a cold.
2: So um it, you know, after half an hour of talking, if my voice starts going, so uh, that's why. <laughs> but yeah, apart from that, I'm not too bad.
0: And your voice, Steve, must be must be worn out from all of the curling matches you've been, you've been commentating <laughs> on for the last yeah, couple of years. Yeah,
1: 36 36 curling matches, but it, it all ended well, which is a good thing. Yeah, so golden all there. I love the every four years, it's it's a little secret indulgence, but um no it, it was particularly good this time so but sadly um i don't get a chance to do it that often so i might have to
0: wait until next time yeah awesome hey well listen the reason we've got you on um listeners might be aware of this or not you two are the father and son director team behind the new iron and half iron distance race the northumbrian tribe that's going to be happening this summer up at Kielder Water, So I thought a great opportunity to get you both on. It's awesome to see the sport expanding and the Northeast in particular is an area where it's great to see more events happening. So um, I wanted to kick off by starting to ask you what what's led to you um, having a half iron and full iron distance triathlon up in that area? What's What's been the inspiration for you getting this started?
1: Um, i'll kick off and let, let, let mark's come in but it, it's really just a, an extension of what we've been doing um in in sort of two ways first of all the location we've been having an event at kielder uh for well 11 years now 12 years this will be um you know kielder is a, a pretty special place to to go and do anything run by uh, and very rarely swim, but um, there's an opportunity to do that. But so we've we've had a relationship with Kielder with Northumbria Water and Forestry uh, or Forestry England as it is now, which is which has been part of our Kielder Marathon weekend. That, that as I said is well established. But we also have a whole portfolio of other events, um, which were mainly running events to begin with, um, and then gradually we've been we were dipping our toe in the water of doing. Uh, we have a duathlon in newcastle now even the Kielder weekend we have a your know, run bike run sort of duathlon event as part of the weekend um so we'd always had ambitions to move into triathlon um uh at the right time we'd actually tried to get an event, an event uh, up and running in newcastle but uh water has always been a bit of an issue um and in the background, though, we kept thinking about Kielder. Like, you know, why not? Why not Kielder? Why not Kielder? And Kielder really does lend itself, though, to a, you know, a, an, an epic event, which is what which is what a, a half distance and full distance is. So that that's really what uh, um, how we've ended up here. And it's been a couple of years and the kind of uh, thinking about it and how we make it happen, how we make it work, and um, and looking at what the market has at the moment and you're right you know the northeast uh, we think is a good place to, to have an event like this but Keler itself has an attraction away from the region you know it's it's a it's a destination event so so all of that kind of comes together to, to make us think that you know the Northumbrian is an event which we hope you know we're going to start it fairly small and we, that's how we always work. we like to get an event really well organized and learn from the first year ourselves as well. Um before we then kind of try to grow and expand it, so um so yeah, we're looking for a, a small but beautifully formed um
0: event this year in <laughs> uh, in June now Marcus, I know you're you're the one of the two with a with an iron distance pedigree I was having a bit of a nosy around, and am I right in thinking it was Iron man niece? you popped your iron man yes, chariot Is yeah, that right was, a couple of years ago
2: yeah' was, um to be honest, it was a drunken bet in a pub uh, That's how never, all, all, all a the Ironman Ironman stars, like. right? <laughs> yeah. all the best Iron Man starts right yeah right. Um, and then, uh, yeah, it was me and three mates and just decided to enter an and I did one standard distance beforehand and then went straight into an Ironman, um, pretty blind to be honest, but, uh, absolutely loved it. Um, and, uh, yeah, it, it's, it was a brilliant experience. Uh, and I say off the back of that, obviously having event organization kind of experience, um, kind of look and go, you know, why, why can't we, uh, kind of do one in the Northeast, Yeah. You know? So, um, but yeah, it's, uh, I, I will do another one. But uh...
1: he, he didn't look like he was when he was <laughs> taking part. He, 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 he was very lucky. His, his support crew was m- uh, myself and Paula Radcliffe. Um a lot and, of pressure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and I mean, to be fair to him, uh, anyone who's been to the Nice event knows, I mean, it's a beautiful setting, of course, and you're on a great swim in the sea there. And then there's a pretty hilly bike ride um, and you get up into the hills behind Nice. Um, but then the run is just on the Promenade des Anglais on the front, 10, four laps, pretty much 10k, sun blazing down. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I was I was kind of both going, yeah, go, Marcus. And then up deep down, you kind of go, oh my God, you know, it must be so painful. Yeah, the, the, the
2: photos from lap one look, look, you know, a million dollars on the run. Lap two and three, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> For, yeah, coming into the finish, I was all right by then. So, yeah. Uh, I, mean, I think yeah, you've you done it down
0: it. a little bit there. I think by, by calling it <laughs> the hills behind Nisa, so I think we're allowed to call the mountains at that point, aren't we? When you've got a 21-kilometer yeah, yeah. climb or whatever it is up there. Um, yeah. yeah, great event. Awesome. How, what, how long ago was that then that you did that?
2: <sighs> um, five, probably five years ago now. Um, yeah, five, five, six years ago. Um, and then, to be honest, since then, I kind of really enjoyed the bike. And the training on the bike, and kind of off the back of that, ended up getting into road cycling a lot, doing a bit of road racing, hill climbing, time trial, um, which is uh, where I've kind of been the last few years. But um, as I probably will get back into doing triathlons myself um, yeah. as I get a bit older. You know, once you're into your thirties, that's tends to be year, you, you, you know,
0: tough, huh? <laughs> <clears throat> tough. Yeah, Steve, Steve shaking his head here for our for our listeners at home, thinking, yeah, how old are you at the moment, Marcus? I'm uh twenty-nine. Okay. One so more left, one more year left of me twenties. So you were you were early mid twenties still then when you did your first one. That's that's good. It's good to get started early. Get a taste of it. <laughs>
2: yeah, the so, early mornings in the pool. Yeah.
0: Have you found that your your favorite is is bike training then? I did a little bit of I'm not gonna call it strava stalking, but I've noticed you've had a, some wins in local time trials and hill climbs and things like that. What's your what's your favorite or your favorite discipline?
2: uh probably still road racing to be fair okay um however coming from a running background there is nothing better than just you against the clock uh in a time trial whether whether it's you know i just do them on my road bike but um it's there's just something great about you know it's just you pacing yourself getting everything out uh and obviously it's a it's a very british pastime, isn't it um, and obviously a big part of time trial. uh, sorry, uh, triathlon, um, which is, you know, kind of with the Northumbrian kind of, it, it's actually one of my favorite training rides is the, is the loop for the bike. Uh, and it's actually, I, I was just riding it one day Going, do you know what, this would be brilliant for a triathlon because there's, there's only about six junctions within 56 miles. So, it's, um, you know, you can just kind of get your head down and get into that rhythm, enjoy the climbs, uh, lovely kind of nice descent it's not very technical so you can really get some speed up and things you know so so yeah the, the the course is um you know kind of been well thought out from a kind of time trialing perspective
0: nice okay um steve we have to ask you this obviously you, your son's just mentioned that he's got a running background there's someone else in the room who's also got a running background have have you ever mm. have you ever been te- i don't know have you even have you done a triathlon have you been tempted what's the what's the background here
1: no, I haven't been tempted. I well no, I've been I've been tempted. I just my <laughs> lifestyle, I, I I I wouldn't want to do anything completely half-heartedly. So um I would have to devote quite a bit of time. He has swim. done a
2: multi-event. He did our yeah. Keeler run
1: by run a couple of I, years ago. I did that just literally uh, an overnight decision, which wasn't the, the any thing. He learned what a bunk was <clears> yeah. pretty quickly. Um <laughs> I, I couldn't have been more uh ill-prepared for it and although it's not a long um I uh I came in the first transition uh and went out with the wrong bike so you know that was that wasn't a good start was it uh so for the event organizer um and we had the British triathlon adjudicator there who I really should have been disqualified straight away uh and in the panic of getting back to get my own bike um I did have a couple of gels in my pocket and they they disappeared and so I basically was just riding and, and, and keeled one of those things with back to bite in the bum a little bit because it's it's very up and down and you're sailing along for a while. And then and then I got to uh, the sort of 20 mile point and was like, Ugh! Um I kind of got my legs back a little bit once I got in the road but I did bonk on the bike. But no, I think, you know, I've, I, would, I I would, I there was a period where I was riding, I don't really ride much now, but I had a, a period about 10 years ago where I was doing quite a lot of riding and, and i, I less road racing more mountain bike riding and stuff so um i could well be tempted to go and do that i've done an ultra you know i've done an ultra running event i've done a 55 mile event in the past and comrades um, is that right i've done comrades yeah um and i'm predisposed to going further slower these days (laughs) okay um so yeah the idea of give me a challenge that's a long way, but I can go. I won't be thinking about how fast I or actually how slow I'm running, then then all good. Uh um, okay. I've got a good I've I've got a good, you know, marks probably has a bit of this as well, I've got a good ability to lock myself into something, you know, and which is I guess what you need if you're gonna do something that's gonna last 10, 12, 14, 18 hours, or however long it's gonna be.
0: Yeah. So so who would win that? The family cram. I man smacked. Yeah. Do you really need <laughs> to? Well, well, him because I, I'd still be in the water when he's finishing the bike ride. I think yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> well,
2: uh, yeah. What well, one day I think we'll have a.
1: Um, yeah, I'll wait until he's a bit try. older. Yeah, because at the minute the, the, we've probably passed that period where I was still fit enough and he was young and I could still whip his backside. But he, uh, uh, but he thought he was going to be able. To, mm. And then uh, we've gone through that now. So yeah, he's, he's way too good on the bike, uh, and i would still probably clip and running. Um, to be honest, now is your
2: best shot. I'm about twelve kilos everything than I was at race weight last year. Yeah, so I know. It, it, yeah, quite <laughs> a bit, of ch-
1: ch- on quite ch- a bit of timber over yeah. winter,
0: mate. Aren't we all? That's the that's the COVID present for all of us, isn't it? It's. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure these bib shorts have shrunk over COVID. That's that's been my experience. <clears throat> um, so there's an interesting thing here, Steve. When you when you retired from racing obviously you know you you race to the, the very highest level for a period of of a decade or more what happens to that that competitive drive do you do you still have that when you when you go out for run when you line up for duathlon does something and some of the guys i coach describe it as the red mist comes down and and they just they just want to they just want to yeah. win and race people do no, you still you have that never lose that
2: right um it's not very helpful. You, you haven't seen him lifting barriers at events. He always <clears>
1: has to lift more than everyone else. Uh, it, you just can't help it. I guess it's in your nature. You know, you it, it's not always competing against somebody else. You just you just want to. I think it's just about wanting to do things well. Yeah, you know, that that that's what it is. Um, but but, yeah. I mean, I'm I sometimes have to catch myself. I'm, out, I'm I can be out for a run along the river in Hexham, and just see somebody on the path trail you know, a couple of hundred yards ahead and and I and I speed up, you know, and I'm like, why are you doing this? You know, cause I'm like, Oh, I want to, I've, I've been injured, I've been in China for four weeks, I haven't really run. And on Saturday, I was going to an event in Newcastle and I got run along the quayside, which I haven't done for a long time. And I came around the corner and I was really jogging. I have to jog. I've just been easing my, my calf back in. And a guy came from around the corner, different direction with a buggy. He's pushing his little kid in a buggy, but he's a, he's a decent he, He's running along and he's enjoying his run along the quayside. And I suddenly realized he was moving away from me. So I picked up my pace and in my head, I'm going, no, you, you can't. You, you're you meant to jog for your calf because you know what's going to happen. You're going to pop your calf. And then the other bit of me, which is much more deeply sort of buried, is going, no, you cannot let a guy with a buggy run away from you. Um, so I literally ran behind him, 10 yards behind him. He didn't know I was there. and I mean, nobody knew, you know, there was a, the odd person on the key side was quite busy on Saturday, sort of tea time. A few people going, oh, it's Steve Crammering along. But they didn't realize I was locked in this guy with the, with the buggy, making sure he didn't get away from me. But yeah, so I ran, I ran for about a mile behind him before he turned off and then I slowed down
0: again. <laughs> <laughs> do you have the same thing, Marcus? Do you have the, Do you have the same drive to compete? Do you recognize those sort of same traits that your dad talks about?
2: Oh yeah, totally. Um, it's especially being on the bike. It's the same kind of thing when when you're out training. I, you know, if I'm out for a four-hour zone two, and someone comes past me, you know, halfway around my, you know, two hours in, my, my zone two goes out the window. Um, you know, you, you're straight straight on the pedals on the rivet. Um, you know, trying to keep up or or pass them again. I just wait till the next hill to be fair Uh, (laughs) and then hopefully go pass them on the hill. Um, So, yeah, you you end up kind of yo-yoing people a lot. Um, But no, it's, uh, yeah, I I think I've got that embedded as well. Uh, And I think that just comes from, you know, I've been doing kind of competitive sports since I was young as well, Um, obviously at a a lower level. but, But I think, you know, that's what amateur kind of, um, triathletes, cyclists, runners, you know, um, everyone has it. Well, a lot of people have it really. And, and it what gives a lot of people, you know, um, a lot of motivation to train and, and, and enter, you know, events.
0: Yeah. 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 For sure. What, um, what traits do you think you've picked up from your dad? I mean, I'm assuming growing up, you were, I'm doing the maths in my head now. So you roughly 30 something years, would you have been retired after, by the time by the time marcus came along i was i was running
1: badly enough to be retired yeah uh, <laughs> uh, his his sister's uh sort of three years older so i was still i was still running fairly well actually actually none of them saw me running very well but they're, they're only little then anyway so it doesn't yeah. matter Were you born 92 so yeah. i sort of quit in winter of 94 so much was only two when i when i retired so yeah okay yeah i think traits wise i picked up i think
2: um definitely some of the genealogy but uh unfortunately probably inherited the uh the injuries as well um always seem to be popping muscles
1: as well um yeah <laughs> so unfortunately picked that one up too Did i think you, it's you, funny isn't it because you know you, you kind of uh, um I, I always feel sorry for kids as people you know that, that have had mumads, particularly in sport have done really well because you know that there's uh, there's an expectation that they're going to go on to do it i think all i ever tried with these two was to say you know if sport can be part of your life in whatever way then then that's that's the best thing uh because you know and I, I, i'm you know, i'm pleased both of them you know mark's just gone into his 30s josie's already 31 32 um you know they 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 run and they bike and they you know and they're active and they both work in the company and and you know we we because it doesn't matter what success they do or don't have the more important thing is you know what you're doing to yourself in terms of your um you know your body and 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 how you how you live your life and i think the i was very lucky to have the freedom to do what i wanted to do you know because of being good enough at it um i've tried to give that a little bit of that to these two just by allowing them to work with with us in what we're doing to give them some freedoms to ride and to run and to, to do this on a daily basis so that, you know, you're not locked into a nine to five job Monday to Friday and you, you can only be a bit of a weekend warrior. So I think that's been, you know, that's something which has been nice to have or to be able to do. But the, the main thing is that they're doing it, you know, then yeah. I hope they keep doing it because it's, it's in the long term um the won't there won't be what i can do when i'm 60 but you never know <laughs> <laughs> well
0: that is one of the great benefits of triathlon isn't it that the age-graded competition that, that i'm really surprised running hasn't picked up on or certainly hadn't didn't pick up on it faster i think it's it's headed that way but the ability to race people within a five-year age band and i mean there's this there's this great old joke with the british triathlon courses we run when people introduce ourselves it's to ask which of the three sports did you get injured in before you came to triathlon? But there's there's always a, a piece of truth I think in the joke, and that you discover in the cross training aspects of triathlon that you don't have to run or ride or swim every day, and all of a sudden a lot of those niggles go away, and you discover you can be not just like good at the sport and competitive at the sport, but not being injured and sore is a is a really satisfying way to spend your life if you've been now any runners had pretty much had sore calves twice a week from any time they've done any speed work, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll let
0: Mark's come on that because he's probably done a
1: bit more. That. I, I haven't really too many times. I've had a training regime to combine different disciplines. But you're right. I mean, injuries are the big thing, aren't they, that everybody wants to avoid? And I think the nice thing, come back to what you said about the age group thing. You know, Josie went to the world duathlon and European duathlon won medals, you know, which is great in in the age group events. And, you know, that, the the chance to go and compete internationally and pull on a GB vest, you know, even if you've paid for it yourself, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Um, And, yeah, in athletics, we've always had it. I mean, we've always had the veterans and the masters, you know, from when I was a kid, um, and it's a strong competitive world, but it, it, it's not as well organized and as well supported as it seems to be in, in triathlon. Um, we, we are seeing that our running events
2: people are a a lot more focused on those, those age group results Mm. now, um, you know, across most of our events and, you know, um, about prize money and things like that within their categories now. So as I say, I I, definitely, as you were saying, it definitely
0: is on its way over from triathlon to running. Definitely. Mm. Yeah, good. Um, The marathon at Kielder is probably the, it's probably the, arguably the jewel in the crown, isn't it? I remember seeing you come down and present about the Kielder marathon years ago at one of the try and bike shows and and the photographs of the area. I, I was there as a kid and don't really remember it, to be honest, but it just looks amazing. Is the run all off road? Is it hard packed, hard packed dirt all the way around pretty much?
1: uh it's yes well i mean the 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 visit center which is the main area there's a tarmac road so we we start on the on the road yeah um after about you do a a kind of circuit of the visit center which is about a mile uh for the marathon the 10k and he does about three four hundred yards and then is off onto the trail yeah and the trail then after that is um you know it's it's a beautiful running surface and it's it it varies because sometimes it's 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 out in the open on the shoreline um then other times you dive into pine forests and it's all pine needles and um you know a little bit even softer underfoot. the foot um it's up it down it's you know you, you 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 can see the water then you move away from the water a little bit you go over a little buff and then you just drop down the other side and you know it's 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 a constantly changing environment um but but is it's never less than challenging, but I think it's always really inspiring as well. You know, you're, ne- you're never into that long, boring, I can see ahead for the next, you know, mile and see where I'm going and the rest of it. So, um, I, mind you, I'm always surprised at how many people run PBs around at Keels. I think that's partly because probably they just get rid of their concept of hitting kilometre right. marks and all the rest of it, you know, and just just go out and enjoy it. And it's, as long as you are smart around, like with any endurance event, you know, around how you time your effort and, and you, you don't overcook it in the earlier miles, then you can get around pretty well and, and, and run, um, you know, the elites aren't going to run it. You know, no one's going to run two two hours around there. Um, I'd love to see that somebody did, um, but, but, you know, uh, I, I think it's an event which has, and the Kielder Marathon weekend, you know, the marathon's still, the, 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 that's what we call it, the Kielder Marathon weekend, but we have the half marathon 10K, um the run bike run. So it's a whole weekend package, but it's still you know it's 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 had a it, um it's been hit hard with the two storms that we had in the autumn uh yeah. and and again again now but it it's you know it's still Britain's biggest um well it's Europe's biggest man-made reservoir the, the water is 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 a huge part of the environment yeah. there but the forest itself is 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 huge even though they've lost a lot of trees as um you know, it'll, it'll be back to its I mean, best pretty soon.
2: What we tried to do with, if you go to the Northumbrian website is it, it really, as you were saying, like about the, the scenery, it really sells itself. And, and that's what we, we tried to, uh, the important thing was to kind of get the right imagery. Um, mm. So uh, like on the, the Northumbrian website, the, the images are all about the scenery really and, and trying to show off and showcase kind of the environment you, you will be competing in. Um and it is just, it's absolutely stunning, um, whether it is the, you know, the, the cycle routes, the, the running routes on the, on the trails and, and even as I say, swimming in the reservoir as well, um, especially six, six 50 in the morning when, when we're hoping to start the, the Northumbrian, the, you get a beautiful sunrise over the dam. Um, it's, you know, when, when we have our killed marathon weekend and we were there early setting up, it's. Everyone just stops for a moment, and yeah. you know, gets the phone out and starts watching the watching the sunrise. So we're we're hoping that we we if we get decent weather on a day, um, we will have something along those lines.
1: I mean, it's become your keel. Know, there is uh, you you might have watched. There's been a couple of TV kind of programs about quite quite a few more recently, but on, on network stuff, and um, you know, it's, there, there's a lot of lodges, and you know, tourism is becoming massive up there now, but it's still it's still remote. Mm. Um, and it feels remote, um, but but it's but it is accessible. And you know, one of the things we we are trying to work with your Northumberland know, Tourist Board and others to with to tell the story of Kielda, because we want people to come back and you know spend weekends there and and on whatever it is that they want to do. But Marcus is right, you know, it's it, it is the star of the show. Often it's the when you're doing an event like this, it's the distance, isn't it? Oh, it's the you know, um, I'm on distance or, you know, um, or it's a half. That's what people are kind of, but it's, <clears throat> that is part of the deal here, but it's the venue that's the big star. And we know it will be a challenge, you know, because of the very nature of of the uh, environment it's being held in. I mean, the swim should be, as Marcus said, should be stunning. You're not generally allowed to swim there. So it's a bit of a unique opportunity for people mm-hmm. to swim in a, an incredible setting, uh, in a in in open water that's not normally uh open for people to swim in. Um because Northumbering water just you know they took decision good few years ago that it wasn't going to become a swimming uh, venue. Um they've had the odd small events there. Um the runs, as I said you we'll know, we 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 have talked about that. And as Mike as Mark has mentioned, you know, you head up the valley uh which is even even getting out of the valley is a beautiful ride. And then then you get up into the borders and um, you know, we hope, we hope that the, even the bike ride itself will be something that people will remember. So you put that whole package together, um, you know, we, we are not not to do this for thousands of people. We'll never have that there. We can't accommodate thousands of people. We'll start with a few hundred in year one, and then we'll kind of see how that goes. Kill the marathon. Again. We have lots of buses flying around, going backwards and forwards to get people from car parks and things. We won't be doing that for this. It is one site. Um, you know, the roads are for this for cycling on. Um, but then we'll see how it grows um in, in future years but we we're, you know, we're genuinely looking forward to, to this first year and you know we hope to give people a really good experience and make it one of those kind of destination events that that people
0: you know get on the list and want to come and do it It does sound like it's something that you've got that differentiates you from the from certainly the branded iron man type they they tend to be city event because of the logistics for it and something i've realized as i've got older is the thing that i enjoy and the thing people enjoy is exercise in nature there's something about an excuse to get you out into a big forest an excuse to get up at a time to see the sun rising that for some reason we don't do it we don't get up and watch the sunrise every day when we could but with the excuse of an event that starts at six five o'clock in the morning we're up and we're in the natural world. And I think there's something in what you said about people perform better when they're in nature and they're not thinking about the splits. And as much fun as the London Marathon is, that's a very different thing to, I think it goes back to, you know, you were talking before about that part of your brain that the primal part that wants to raise people. I think it's a primal part that likes to exercise in nature because it's there's some kind of memory we've got back there.
1: Yeah. and i mean i mean, i think we see it every uh, year the weekend anyway don't we? i mean we do do sense and there there is you know there is a um, uh, you know people are running you know that that that's yeah yeah that, that is similar but you know the the environment is very very different and i think you you do see people um who come back every year to the keel the weekend because it's just different, you know, and they don't get to do it very often. And it's, it astounds me that, you know, we've got this fabulous uh, place that many, many people in the Northeast have never even been to. And you kind of go, really? You yeah. go, oh, I've never been. And I'm going, it's an hour up the road, you know, or whatever it might be. And you could travel the whole of Europe, even parts of the world, and you wouldn't find somewhere as stunning and stimulating, um, and challenging, you know? Um, and I mean, we also go up there for dark skies and all the rest of it, you know, there's, there's so much going on there and it's on our doorstep, you know, and, um, and it actually hasn't been there. You know, the dam was only, they only dammed it in 1982. Mm. You know, it's not as though it's been there the whole time. It was, it was rolling hills with, with a lot of pine forests and things. Um, and so, you know we uh, i forget what it, the percentages of the of the uk's wood comes from kielder but it's quite high
2: i'm not sure after my head anyway it's quite high
1: way. um so it's a working place as well but but as i said increasingly over the last 20 30 years people have come from all over the world to visit so you're t- to sort of put an event like this on in the middle of that for you know not thousands of people but hundreds of people um is something you know we're genuinely looking forward to it. it's not to say that we're not organizing it anymore professionally prac would be organizing even even more if that's possible than the events we do in the city centers and things because because of the nature of the event but we've but we've done events at keel we know what to do we know the environment we know what the pitfalls are we know how to give people a, a, a good experience of being there so yeah i mean you know it's fate. i mean no disrespect to our other events, but Kielder weekend's always our favorite event anyway. The Northumbrian might top it. Um, yeah. you know, we'll wait and see, see how that goes.
0: Yeah, it's, it's been great to talk to you both. Uh, the passion for the place that you've got really comes across. You can tell that this isn't marketing talk that, you, that you're trying to talk up an event. It's obvious that you have a deep connection with the place. And uh, like I said, I think you've got a, a unique angle for the the triathletes of the UK to come to, and that it's such a destination event. How many athletes are you hoping to get in in the first year, and how many have you got signed up so far? Let's see if we can try and rustle some numbers up for you amongst the listeners here, because there will be people listening we're, thinking, we're, "I've got a gap in my schedule in the middle of June. It's June nineteenth, isn't it?"
1: Yeah, we've got a limit of about four hundred, maybe four fifty. We can take in year one because because okay. of we want to make sure we do it right, and we're at we're at about two fifty now. Okay, um, so we and we're anticipating that over the next month or two that'll fill up so um yeah you know we've 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 just decided that you know we we, we want to look after people really well and we want to see how the event pans out from our perspective uh so that's kind of because the big issue there is car parks and accommodation and all the rest of it so we don't want to kind of bite off more than we can chew in year one. So um, that, that's what we're looking at. And we're um, really pleased with how it's going so far. Anybody wants to find anything else, go. You can visit the website, like Marcus says, if uh, if the pictures don't inspire you. I do apologize some of the people diving in water and really it's Marcus on one or two of them, but he sort of looks professional. We, we did the photo shoot
2: at um, 6.30 uh, in the morning on on a very cold april morning so uh, although we were trying to make it look like summer june um you know it was it was very cold um however it's yeah so i had to look like i was really warm and enjoying the sunshine on my bike in me in me tri-suit and, and actually it was about three degrees um going up and down a hill doing you know um multiple photo photos so but actually the the water temperature uh, got back dated in last june it was 18 degrees
0: um nice it's pretty tropical for the northeast yeah and that, that's yeah. perfect swimming temperature as well yeah. for a for a half and yeah. fall. great good yeah. so website for the event just the northumbrian.com great well i'll i'll stick a link to that in the show notes so everyone can go can go straight there then you're at 250 at the moment if you're listening, listeners, there's your chance you've got another 200 spots to go and uh, get in the inaugural event, and it sounds like it's going to be amazing. Gentlemen, thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate you coming on the show. I uh, wish you all the best with this, and I hope we can get you back on to find out how it's gone later in the year. Sure. Yep. Cheers, man. Cheers. Awesome to hear there from Marcus and Steve. Like I said in the interview, you can tell the passion with which the two of them feel about Kielder. I think it's it's much more than just about organizing a, a half-iron, full-iron distance race for them. It's a deep love of the forest and the place itself. And having looked on the website, I can see why. I, I remember saying, I've, I've been there as a kid myself. and don't really remember it too much, but there's some great drone footage on their website of the Kielder Marathon from previous years. And it looks like a really amazing place to go visit. Really tall, old-growth pine trees, so Uh, Yeah, it's one on my list. I'd love to get up there and visit the place. Who knows? Maybe even this year. So if you want to find out more, you can head on over to um, Northumbrian.com and find out more information there. They're still taking entries. They're about half full at the moment. So it's your uh, opportunity to get in this year uh, and be part of the inaugural event. Um, yeah amazing stuff Steve was Steve was my hero growing up I was telling my son the other day that I was doing this interview with Steve Cram and his son Marcus and as a kid I had the Steve Cram running kit Steve was winning the events at the time when I was a I was an 800 1500 meter track runner and Steve has gone on to become I think because of his commentary work he's gone on to become a a fixture of British sporting life with his work that he's done on all the athletics commentary, the Olympics commentary, the London marathon commentary, the any major road race commentary that's happened now, even the winter Olympics and the curling. Um, and it, it was quite surreal talking to him actually of all the people I've done interviews with, um, that, that was the most surreal experience I sat there thinking that 's Steve Cram on the other side of the, the other side of the video um, yes yeah, so i 'm really looking forward to seeing how that event goes. I think it 's great to have different events as well as the the great big branded Iron Man Challenge outlaw events in the u k and Europe to have these smaller events that can happen in smaller venues that you know frankly they would be of no interest to those big organizers because they can 't get the number of bums on seats that they need, and the logistics are too hard. But I think there is a growing, hardcore, loyal, half and full distance event um, race crew in this country who are looking for something different, who are looking to get away from the beaten path, who are looking to get out into the wilds and see different parts of the country. And I think this event could could very well form one of those amazing must-do destination events. So good on them. It's... uh, You know, Steve certainly doesn't need the work, does he? He's doing it out of a passion for putting events on for people. Um, And it's great to see him working with his son in the same company. I'm always intrigued as to how that would work, working with your own son or your own father or mother in in a family business. So it looks like it's working out really well for those guys. Um, Yeah, so get over to thenorthumbrian.com. Check out the details there. I'll put a link in the show notes. And just before we wrap it up, the discount codes and deals for you over at precisionfuelandhydration.com use the code OA22 for 15% off your first electrolyte order and over at teamoxygenetic.com if you're interested in finding out more about whether you'd be a good fit for training with us and uh, being coached by our program I think we've got the most comprehensive triathlon coaching program for busy age groupers in the world you can book a call with me to see if you'd be a good fit for joining the team there's just a link in the show notes to click it'll send you straight through to book a slot on my calendar we can talk over the phone or over video call and, and really get a chance to see what your goals are and how we can help you out so remember there's links in the show notes for all of that so you don't have to remember them until next week have a great safe training and racing week i'm coach rob Wilby and you've been listening to the oxygen addict triathlon podcast see ya